The Nashville Predators are heading to Europe to open up the NHL season. The Seattle Kraken are optimistic and excited about year two, while the Winnipeg Jets have an exciting new prospect, a new coach, and a new direction. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Predators, Ann Kimmel. And Ann, an exciting time right now for the Nashville Predators. Yes, there is tons of excitement here in Nashville as we watch the team. They're off in Europe now. They're prepping for the regular season. They've had kind of a shortened training camp, which has ramped up the intensity. So hockey is definitely in full swing here in Nashville. Off to a good start this preseason, uh, unbeaten so far, although well, 3-0-1. Uh, so tell me a little bit about some of the players who have stood out so far in the preseason and and does this 3-0-1 start make the team even more optimistic for this season? It's really hard not to get a little bit optimistic. But again, the preseason is never the regular season. So I think everybody's trying to sort of temper expectations. But what we've seen at training camp for the Predators does bode well for the regular season. Last season, we had Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne racing for the franchise record for goals in a season. They both have come back and looked fantastic. Of course, Forsberg coming back with a massive paycheck. They signed him, finally got him signed in the offseason. So I think everybody is relieved to have that behind us. So the players who played really well last season, also Roman Yossi, UC Saros is back and healthy. They have looked fantastic in training camp. So that's really exciting. There have been a couple of younger players that have made an impression. And of course, everybody was very excited to get a look at New Nashville Predators, Nino Niederreiter, and Ryan McDonough, which has been really great to see how quickly they've been able to kind of jump into the team and and sort of catch their game up already. Talk to me a little bit about McDonough. You know, he's got a lot of experience. He's a leader. What does he add besides what he can do on the ice? You know, that's one of the things that head coach John Hines and some of the other players have really emphasized when they've been asked about McDonough. They've talked about, of course, his on-ice resume is very impressive. You know, Stanley Cup winner. He's been a captain. This is somebody who has obviously tons of hockey talent and plenty of good years left in him. But the thing that is always brought up when they've been asked about McDonough players and Hines have said, this is somebody who is high quality off the ice. And that was a huge thing for the Nashville Predators when they brought him in. This is somebody who is a leader just with the experience that he's had, of course, in the postseason. That's huge for the Predators to have somebody come in fresh off of, you know, recent Stanley Cup runs. But they love who he is as a person. They love his presence in the locker room. The players have all mentioned that, that they just feel like he brings a good vibe. He brings a good um, sense into the locker room. So McDonough's been somebody that Nashville has been excited to have here, not just on ice, but definitely off the ice as well. 
talk to me about some of the players who have been a pleasant surprise so far in training camp and preseason for this team. Well, of course, last season, the Predators saw the first of Phil Tomasino, nice young forward, and he definitely grew a lot over the season. And it was sort of a slow burn for him, but he has come back on the ice. He's put on some weight. He's done some strength training, and he really has looked very impressive in the preseason, in training camp, and in the games. So we expect a lot. There's a lot of buzz being generated about what lies ahead for Phil Tomasino. There were also a couple players in training camp that definitely caught the eye of the coaches and of the fans that were there. One of them is a former uh, Colorado Avalanche boo uh, player, Kiefer Sherwood. He played uh, quite a bit in the AHL last season for the Colorado Eagles, had a fantastic season, and the Predators signed him. He showed up to camp ready to make a good case for some NHL minutes. And he is actually on the 27 man roster that's in Europe now. So Kiefer Sherwood is somebody that we're keeping a close eye on another young player that Nashville was excited to get a look at and who really lived up to a lot of his hype was a young man named Yuso Parsonen. And this is a young forward, extremely intelligent on the ice, very good sense of what is going to come next. Also good at playing sort of that physical style of hockey that the Predators like. He is not with the team in Europe. He's going to spend some time in the AHL, but Yuso Parsonen is a name that Nashville Predators fans are very aware of now. And I think in a year or two, NHL fans are going to know that name as well. Talk to me a little bit about this trip to Europe. What is special about it for the organization, for the players, and how do they benefit from this kind of a trip? This trip really is an exciting opportunity for the Nashville Predators. Of course, the Predators have been involved in some big NHL events. They just hosted the stadium series and um, so this was really another great opportunity to kind of highlight Nashville with the global series. It also is kind of a personal thing. Um, had our captain Roman Yossi is of course from Bern, Switzerland, where the team is right now. And Nino Niederreiter, who we signed in the off season is also a Swiss gentleman. So they are living their best life in Switzerland where the Predators are going to be playing a, their last, um, preseason exhibition game against Bern SC tomorrow. So I think just personally that. That's really special. And then they are going to be headed to Prague, one of the greatest places, as we were talking about, in the world. And they're going to be taking on the San Jose Sharks for the season opener in the Global Series, October 7th and 8th. So the team has been really excited about this opportunity, kind of a big stage. It does make for a little bit of a tricky training camp because timing is a little bit condensed. And so the, you know, the coaching staff has had to really work hard on evaluating players in more of a condensed uh, preseason than what they're used to. But overall, I think the entire organization, and I know the city of Nashville, is so excited to see these games happen in Prague. Yeah, it should be uh, very interesting and, and sort of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for yes. a lot of these players to, to head over there and play. Talk to me a little bit about the goaltending situation right now. How is UC Soros looking? And how are they going to divide the, the games? Who will be the backup? 
Yeah, this is probably the most intriguing storyline in Nashville. Saros is back. He had a um, high ankle sprain last season, so he missed the end of the regular season. And of course, fortunately, he didn't have to watch firsthand the sweep by Colorado that the Predators had in the first round. But Saros is back. He is feeling great. He has looked fantastic in net, has not missed a beat. So it's been great to see him back to his form. As far as who the backup is and how they're going to split time, this is very up in the air still for the Predators. Everybody assumed it would be young Connor Ingram who stepped in in the playoffs and really did a good job, all things considered. But the Predators signed Kevin Lankinen for one year, $1.5 million deal in the offseason. So there is now kind of a race for the backup position. Kevin Lankinen has looked fantastic. His stats while he was with Chicago were not terrific, but he really has looked fantastic in the preseason and at training camp and practices. But there's still no official word from the Predators on who the backup is going to be. So everybody here in Nashville is really keeping their eye on that situation. I suspect it will be Kevin Lincoln. And I also suspect Saros will still have a pretty hefty, meaty workload. He just plays well with a lot of repetition. Um, but I think that they will really appreciate having a backup that they have a little bit of confidence in where they can get him maybe a handful fewer starts this season and hope that that works out well down the stretch for Soros. Going to be an interesting situation to keep an eye on. And why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Sure. So you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators on Twitter. I co-host that with Nick Morgan, my partner in crime. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. All right. Ann Kimmel, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And it's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. I mean, you can control the system from your phone with the Simply Safe app, and it's got a crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras and a wide variety of high tech sensors. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment that a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home and can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that in instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free visit simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl to learn more there's no safe like simply safe it is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of locked on kraken erica ayala 
Erica, year two in Seattle, 4-0 so far in the preseason. Talk to me about what's making this team do so well this year. Hey, Gil, always great to be back with you on the national show. And regarding the Seattle Kraken, we focused a lot on offense. We focused on bringing in forwards, whether it was through the trade that we saw, that's how we got Oliver Bjorkstrand, of course, um, or free agency, Andre Burakovsky, but also not just focusing on forwards, but focusing on veteran forwards. We bring up the tally of NHL players uh, that have won a Stanley Cup. We bring in a few more players that that have had a Stanley Cup. Um, And so I think that's really going to help as well, since we know that the future is bright with Shane Wright and Maddie Beneers up the middle, and they are expected to get some time. And now they'll have that with veteran leadership um, on the same shift side by side with them on the ice. You mentioned Shane Wright, obviously a surprise that he falls to the Kraken in the draft. How has he looked so far in camp and in preseason? I think he's looked solid. I think, uh, you know, it's some people see Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright as a package deal. And I do think that Maddie has felt a little bit more comfortable. But remember, he had 10 games, 10 NHL games last season after a heartbreaking loss in the Frozen Four with Michigan. He came over to Seattle. So I think he's really picked up where he left off. As far as Shane, I think that he's been working really hard. Um, We saw in his first preseason game that he was centering Jordan Eberle and Jaden Schwartz. So he's got a lot of support, which I think is only going to help him. Let's remember, this is an 18-year-old looking to make an NHL roster and has a pretty good shot. Um, you know, I think it's it's all but a foregone conclusion that Shane Wright will be with us in the NHL this season. That said, it has been a competitive camp, but I think he's looked good. I think he's looked solid, and, and there's definitely some upside. But, um, you know, I've heard it said from folks that are out in Seattle that every Every shift, every game, he's getting better. And that's what you want to see. No question. Philip Grubauer, tough start last year, picked it up in the second half. How is he looking so far this year and how important is he to the success of this team? Well, goaltending, of course, is important. That's one of the big lingering questions as we went into our first official offseason. And I said it a lot last year, probably even with you, Gil, on the show. He never looked comfortable in front of the Seattle Kraken. And he was doing a lot of work trying to clean up some mistakes that were made, quite honestly, in all three zones defensively um, that then led to offense for our opponents. So I mentioned forwards and keeping – Possession has been a huge focus, and we can tell early on. That being said, we also brought in Steve Briere, a new goaltending coach. That was one of the first things, the first thing that we knew is that there would be a new goaltending coach. We got that news in the exit interviews. That's how integral Ron Francis and the rest of the Seattle Kraken front office staff felt that making a change in leadership at that position would be. So, of course, that's going to trickle down to Philip Grubauer. And then we had some unfortunate 
unfortunate news, Chris Drieger really couldn't stay healthy last year and unfortunately tears his ACL in that gold medal game with Canada in the World Championships. So unfortunately, he will be out mentioning some of that leadership, mentioning some guys that have been around and, and um, been successful in the NHL and with successful teams. Martin Jones is who we have as well with Philip Grubauer. I've liked Martin Jones. I think he looks very cool, calm, and collected. Both goaltenders who we were expecting to play big minutes, Grubauer and Jones, have looked solid, and that's going to be huge for the Seattle Kraken this season. Talk to me about the difference in attitude and expectations in year two as compared to year one. So I'll start with the the latter. I don't know that the expectation is too much different from internal camp. I think that the Seattle Kraken have always been a team that has been expected to play a certain way. And I guess I would say the same about attitude. What has changed is really that we're raising the bar. I think everyone got to a point last season where we knew we were going to do what we could do with what we had. I think what I will say is that coming from the top and Dave Haxlin, another thing Ron Francis said is that he now has a four coach bench where it was only Dave Haxlin and two assistants last year. That was another thing that Ron Francis kind of fell on the sword about and felt that the front office didn't do enough for Dave Haxlin and the coaching staff. So what I will say is that Dave Haxtell also looks a lot more comfortable. He looks like he has a lot more runway to be able to implement his systems and really do what he wants to and and what he envisions with this squad. So I think everything has been elevated. We mentioned in the beginning, as a lot of people have, there's nowhere really to go up for Seattle, given what we had last season. Now, how much of that um, is going to parlay into more wins than we had last year? Of course, that's still to be determined. But what I like so far is that the work ethic is looking really great, again, with puck possession. The uh, special teams have been a focus. The penalty kill looks amazing to the point where it at times has looked very much like a power kill. Again, wanting to have possession two shorthanded goals in our first two uh, preseason games. That tells me that we're really trying to focus on offense. I think, though, where we'll really figure out where that attitude and expectation is, is when we don't have the puck, is when we are trying to back check or defend a breakaway. I think we haven't really seen that yet, and so that will be the big test for me with the Seattle Kraken once we head into the regular season. All right, they unveiled their new mascot over the weekend. Lots of uh, publicity there. What are your thoughts and and how it looks and, and how the fans are sort of reacting to the new mascot? Oh, it's a great question, Gil. That's right. We have Bowie, the troll. Uh, first of all, as someone who has been known to troll a time or two on social media or really <laughs> handle trolls on social media, I'm always up for a fight there. I, I love that. But jokes aside, I, I'm always kind of like, eh. With mascots, you know, I think, but also I have to be honest, I'm not the demographic that mascots are really for, you know, I think it's for families and for young folks. And at first I was like, ah, you know, but I think what we see with Seattle is they've done a lot in the details. Uh, Bowie's wearing our 
clean, absolutely clean uh, away jerseys, those whites, um, has some hair. It's, uh, you know, this electric blue hair, an homage to the flow of hockey players' hair and a part of hockey culture. Another thing that I really like, some people a little disappointed, there weren't some tentacles maybe or go with like a deep sea creature since we are the Kraken. But if you look at Bowie, and this kind of goes into, I just talked about this on a crossover episode with Jess Balmasto of Locked on Flames, but there's a tentacle hanging from Bowie's ear, and it alludes to perhaps Bowie having an entanglement with maybe a baby crack in a time or two, and that just goes to this mysterious kind of in the deep uh, that goes in with a lot of the Seattle Kraken um, branding. So that's the same with uh, the red uh, that you see in the, the S for Seattle. That's because, you know, you, you see one eye, but you don't know where the other one is. And so some of this stuff, they're really playing into the, the mythology and the mystery of it. So I think that's been a lot of fun. Um, also really playing into that they want Climate Pledge Arena to be known for much more than just hockey, for music, and maybe even basketball, or I should say men's basketball, because the Seattle Storm have already played playoff right. games there um but i think it's it's cool to see that they integrated a lot of seattle culture into buoy the mascot so for that i think buoy might be growing on me we'll see if i end up with a plush doll by the end of the season <laughs> i love it i love it all right erica why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media Sure thing. Well, as always, thanks for listening to us over here on the Locked On NHL Network. You can find Locked On Kraken wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, and of course on YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate you subscribing and hitting those notifications so that you do know when we have special uh, episodes that go up. And as for me, you can find me at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8 and at Locked on Kraken, all one word, on all social media platforms. All right, Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Gil. The Winnipeg Jets have a new head coach, a new direction, and some intriguing prospects. Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets joins us to talk about that. And Harrison, what so far in your mind through the preseason and training camp has been the biggest difference that you see in this team with the addition of Rick bonus behind the bench. Brad Lambert. Oh, I'm just kidding everyone. It's uh, it's been a little bit more complicated than just one or one or two prospects. Uh, but I know obviously with the jets, there's been a lot of buzz around the prospects and kids, but I think one of the biggest storylines that's maybe gone a little bit under the radar is how Rick bonus has actually changed Winnipeg's tactical approach. I think a lot of the kids are are really shining in preseason because Bones has sort of made it very clear that he wants a team that's aggressive, ambitious. Uh, obviously, this team doesn't have like tremendous amounts of talent to work with. So I expect, you know, towards the regular season, as we start to see, um, you know, the, the standings tighten and Winnipeg start to deal with injuries, fatigue, uh, maybe some underperforming players, I think Bones will want to sort of rein in some of the offensive skill and maybe try and make it a little bit more defensive. He did that with the Dallas Stars. Um, and some people would say that was boring hockey. And yeah, I, I can't disagree. It wasn't always uh, super watchable, but I think for a lot of reasons, the Jets could definitely do with some more discipline, uh, a little more structure to the game. The past couple of coaching staffs, they just kind of had vibes and less of a plan. And so, you know, Winnipeg was often 
left to, to their own devices, and that did not go well. So um, this time, I think Bones has shown that he's really happy to let the defense jump into the play and really activate aggressively. We've seen them drop below the faceoff circles, uh, create plays from behind the net. Guys like Billy Heinola love playing the style. Uh, Heinola's racked up a couple of points in the preseason. Uh, you know, Schmidt has bagged a game-winning goal. So there's stuff there that I think is good. Uh, obviously, with the Jets, we don't really do that defending thing at all. Uh, Winnipeg has given up a lot of rush counters, and it's going to be a balancing act of trying to figure out how much can you push the envelope before you have to sort of um, pull it back in, and how much can Bonus just rely on the talent there to sort of carry the team. Uh, from my, my like my own perspective, I think the Jets sort of have to live or die by that uh, aggression because the Jets are going to struggle to score goals this year. The the finishing talent is just, it's in very short supply once you move past the past couple of lines. Um, and that's kind of why I think guys like Brad Lambert, you know, we thought maybe he'd go to the WHL. Maybe he would go to the Manitoba Moose. I think there's a, a legitimate chance and it's very slim, but I do think he'll play Jets games this year. I'm pretty certain he'll at least get an audition. Uh, in terms of whether or not he might actually get a longer look, it kind of remains to be seen whether the Jets are faced with lots of injuries, uh, contract situations, if they make any trades. Right now, I think the Jets have kind of put themselves in a position where there's not a lot of contract spaces to really uh, bring in Brad and fit him into the team without having to waive somebody that they like. So they've kind of put themselves in a tough position, but I think, you know, past maybe the trade deadline, heading into next season, um, players like Brad are, are definitely putting themselves in a good position to make the team as full-time starters. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like either way, the Jets kind of need to rely on him or talents like him this year, because uh, again, you know, the Jets just don't have a lot of finishing talent. They need that extra level of play. And if they're serious about trying to make the playoffs this year, because they only have like two seasons left where everyone is basically under contract, well, they're going to need to get some help from somewhere. And we all know the Jets don't sign anyone and they don't trade for anyone. So uh, hopefully at least one of the kids steps up and Winnipeg can really showcase some of the great scouting and talent that they've been developing recently. Talk to me about Lambert. What is 18 years old? What does he bring to the table, even at this young age, at this early stage of his pro career uh, that you've liked so far in training camp? Man, uh, <laughs> Lambert is probably one of the most effortless skaters I've seen. Uh, some people would say it has some of that McDavid-esque edge work maybe a little bit a little bit of McKinnon. He's just able to blow by defenders. He's got excellent agility, and he has endless confidence. I think something that uh, when he was with Lati in, in Finland didn't really translate was, you know, he needs to work with skill. And when he doesn't have that skill to work with, he tries to improvise. He tries to create on his own, and it wasn't really working. And I think that really did a number on his thought process of how to attack and how to create. Yesterday, we saw this game where he was against the Oilers, and he almost wanted an overtime with this unbelievable sequence where he cut between like three defenders, drove straight through the slot, and dangled and, and almost scored, except for, um, I think it was Stuart Skinner in that, who had a fabulous save. And you can just see that Lambert's ability to sort of cut inside, score beautiful goals, and honestly drop off some really great passes for his linemates. He just brings a complete offensive threat. And if you're worried about like the defensive side of his game, well... He hustles back. He tries to force turnovers. The kid is just dynamite. And I think it's it's really good to see because the Jets haven't often drafted really good skaters who uh, can drive transition. But Brad seems to do that in spades. 
And he just has so much skill to burn that it's kind of, I don't know, anytime he's on the ice, something fun is going to happen. Uh, and I think that that is probably the highest praise I can give somebody of his of his caliber. You mentioned there are a few other prospects who have made an impression early on in preseason. Who are some of they? I think the biggest name that people are going to overlook because he doesn't really play a very sexy game is David Gustafson. Uh, if you're looking for somebody who's a catalyst but does all of the detail plays, whether it's making small passes to the right outlets, looking for ways to just progress play up the ice, uh, somebody who has defensive responsibility, somebody who constantly puts himself in good positions, Gus is kind of that guy. He does everything really well, um, and I think he really elevates those around him in a way that's very quiet. But if you know what details you're looking for, if you kind of understand how he thinks about attacking the offensive zone, you'll start to realize this kid is just incredibly gifted and he doesn't let a play die. I've seen him die for pucks that quite honestly look like they were gone. He just wants to keep the puck anywhere inside the offensive zone. And when it comes to defending, he's very strong. You know, I wouldn't say he's like the most physical player, but I think he's done a really good job of using his frame and skill to, you know, cut down on passing and shooting lanes. Aside from him, uh, obviously, I think Vili Heinola is the name that Jets fans are kind of, they're very torn about. Uh, I think for my part, you know, that that sixth D spot that's open for Sandberg, Stanley, or Heinola probably goes to Vili this year. Um, Sandberg is considered the safer choice, but thus far, I feel like his defensive game hasn't really been outstanding. It's been okay, uh, but, you know, Stanley, I, I think I've already penciled out of the spot he just isn't really keeping up with it. And I think that the system Bones wants is, is too much for him to handle. Sandberg has done an okay job at times, but he just doesn't really have that extra level of offensive game and puck dominance that I think Bones is really looking for. Heinola is going to have defensive issues. I mean, we've seen him have a couple of really bad turnovers, uh, some, some bad reads here and there. He doesn't always physically engage. But the thing that he does so well is when he's inside the offensive zone, he's just an absolute menace. Um, he passes well. He shoots well. Um, he can quarterback a power play better than almost any other defender I've seen outside of like Bufflin uh, for the Jets. So I think that his skill set and the potential that he has uh, as he starts to iron out some of those kinks at the NHL level, for me, just makes him the best choice. And he's already had a couple of points. I think he's probably had the most prominent impact on the defense. Uh, so hopefully he gets the spot, but it might just be one of those situations where the Jets feel he might be a little bit too risky this year. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Harrison, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? So our podcast is, of course, Locked on Winnipeg Jets. You can find us on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And we're available on all the same platforms as the Locked on NHL podcast. All right, Harrison, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests, Ann Kimmel of Locked On Predators, Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken, and Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets for joining us today. The NHL season is just around the corner. We will have all of it covered for you right here on the Locked On NHL Network and, of course, the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.